Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. Hello again, it's Crew Call here on the Motor Racing Network, taking you into the garage area and talking to the folks that make the race cars go around the racetrack. I'm Steve Post, pit road reporter for Motor Racing Network, joined by 25-time and championship-winning crew chief Todd Gordon. Hello, Todd, how are you? I'm awesome. I know you're awesome because we just came from your favorite racetrack. We did. Yeah, I know. And and, and, we, and I oh. think everybody has to understand why it's my favorite racetrack. If you don't understand why it's Todd's favorite racetrack, just... Go back and watch, watch any of it. <laughs> and watch watch Saturday. the truck race. Watch the Xfinity yeah. race. That's that's we, why to me, I I appreciate what we've put into Phoenix. Yes, and the it, championship weekend there and everything. That's it's a spectacular event. I just this is the epitome to me of the perfect mile and a half race. Yes, track. it is unreal. And I think somebody that concurs with you is Adam Stevens at this point and Christopher Bell, although midway through they weren't concurring with you. <laughs> but I think that's the beauty of Phoenix. That it is of or, Homestead. Homestead. I am in Phoenix, exactly. Yeah. That's the I, beauty of Homestead. It is because when you look at this racetrack, the surface is, is old. The surface, you know, you just, you're looking for grip everywhere. You can start the race, you can start the run on sticker tires on the white line on the bottom. <laughs> By the time you're 30 laps in, you're searching for any place you can find grip. And sometimes it's going to be right up against the wall. And, um, you know, it's drivers have to figure things out. They've got to work around the racetrack, find the groove that works for the race car, find a place to find speed. Crew chiefs have to be aggressive. We've got green flag pit stop cycles in, in both stages in the end. You've got to think about when you want a short pit. If you want a short pit, we saw Chris Gapehart go like, I'm going to do the math and go right in the middle because I think that's the best way. It worked out for him uh, in stage two and stage one. There's opportunities for crew chiefs to make calls. There's plenty of pit stops for these pit crews to, to, to make or break. And it just, it challenges every facet of your program. And it's not where you're stuck in dirty air because you get to the point, if you're, now, if you get to the point that you set your car up where you can only run on the wall. There you go. You're going to be stuck there. And so it forces these guys to figure out how to run the bottom, how to run a, a groove down. When you think about it, this place is progressively banked. The bottom of it's like 17 to 18 degrees. The middle of the racetrack's like 18 to 19. The top's 20. Uh, it, so go find a place that your car works or find a way to make speed. Whether you saw guys, you saw guys doing slide jobs up to the yeah. wall. You saw guys that saw the slide job backed up, yeah. turned it down the hill. I turned mean, it down the hill. Some, I forget somebody's radio, just turn it down the hill right there, you know, yeah, and, it was, and, and then rock it off from turn number two. This place is the epitome of the perfect race. Track. And I think it came down to the end there. I think we saw that. Okay. So many times we go to a race where a guy is leading in a really good car. William Byron is leading. Christopher Bell is running second in a really good car, mm -hmm. and the second place car can't do anything with the first place car. Yeah, not on he Sunday. He did there. He did there. He did there. Exactly. And you see that. And you see that different cars. Like, I, I, I'll go back to it. I, I, I mean, Ryan Blaney on a long run, by oh, far the best gosh, car. Yes. Oh, I mean, they they were they just they struggled for fifteen, but from twenty on, they were Woo. they were the best car there. And and that's what happened. End of stage two. Kyle Larson had a five second lead. Right. They just. 
reeled him right in, reeled him yeah. in, and passed him and, and left him. Like their long run speed was really good. The twenty car all day long, they were twenty second in stage two. Yeah, Christopher Bell was like they were coaching him. They were to stay on the lead lap. They were bickering on the radio. They the the quote to Christopher is, "You've got to stay on the lead lap. Please try hard." Yeah, he said, okay, I'll says, try now. Okay, I'll start trying hard now. Well, from that point forward, he went. Oh, <laughs> but, I guess he did. <laughs> but they had, we had short runs at the end, yeah. which kind of changed the dynamic. That long run car wasn't as good. Yeah. The guys that had some short run speed that would fall off in the long run, they, Adam Stevens, I think, made their car better, but the race came to them because we yeah. had many short stints in a 25 right. lap finish. And, 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 and I've, I've said this all along. I, Adam made the car better. There's no denying that. That guy driving the race car yeah. drove, he, he drove. I, I've said all along, and this goes back, w Wing Nation, back on mm -hmm. Wing Nation. We had Kyle Larson before Kyle Larson was Kyle Larson. Yep. And people would say, you think this Larson kid's good? There's a kid named Bell from Oklahoma who's really, really good also. And I've always believed in Christopher Bell. And I think that those last few laps, him going toe-to-toe -to -toe with William Byron, who's, Byron's been probably the best team all year long. Mm -hmm. I just think. That Adam made the car better, and Christopher Bell said, "Let me take it from here," and they won the race. Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was pretty cool, really cool. Good. And, and it, you know, we saw it through the weekend. We talk talk about it, but I, I'll go back. I yeah. want to give um, Rich Lucius right, Rich Lucius, exactly. What a call in that truck race. truck race. So you're sitting here on the truck race, and you've got you 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 got four sets of tires for the race, which pretty much lays it out that you can take. You're going to start on a set. You're going to take a set at the end of stage one. You're going to take a set at the end of stage two. And from stage two to the end, you're going to need to take another set. Right. You got one set. That's it. Caution comes out at like 55 to go. Right at the top end of the fuel window. Right at the window. And 99, Ben Rhodes is running 10th to 12th all day. And he said this in his victory, in his post-race yeah. interview. said, I was 10th to 12th place truck. Rich pits him, puts his last set of tires on, hoping that it goes green from there on out. And it did. Yeah. And, and it, he didn't end up winning the race. Everybody, the, the really, really fast trucks. Yeah, Carson Hosevar got- Carson, Carson actually green flag pitted, got his tires and had enough pace to run, run yeah. Ben Rhodes down and pass him. But that got him to a, I don't know, second or third, third, place, third, third place, place finish. finish. Third place finish was their magic point and Rich Lucius got Ben third That place. third place finish, by the time that the 38 truck got disqualified, yep. put them tied with Nick Sanchez. Right. But they knew they the had the tiebreaker tie was in their favor. That's right. I mean, it's just, it's, that's, that's what I love about this place. You can it's make just, gutsy call. There's opportunities was, to make things yeah. happen. Rich Lucius, that was, when he pitted, when he pitted that truck, I'm like, there is no way. And then as you're starting to follow this thing, and I heard the scare, uh, the spotters, uh, Rich say, if we stay in the top three, we're all right. And so I run over and I get a scoreboard. I'm like, wait a minute. If we don't get a caution, yeah, they might just do this. I thought. I thought. That, I was looking at him like, uh, no, <laughs> yeah, no. no but he's, yeah. The lap time difference. I think he's going to get. And he did get passed. But and the, then I, yeah, our our screen didn't give his points. Just said he was guaranteed in. So I didn't realize where the, I thought tie, if yeah. he doesn't win, then he came back. But oh, he's got he's got a four point lead still. Yeah. Yeah. Wait a minute, it's a three point Gosh. lead. I just. What a Good great stuff. weekend of racing. Good stuff down there. And we got a couple guys going to Martinsville that are in trouble uh, that we didn't expect to see it. Uh, Martin Truex Jr. with James Small, Denny Hamlin, Chris Gabart. Steering issue for, uh, for, for Denny. Engine failure for Martin Truex Jr. Um, and we'll talk about Martinsville coming up a little bit later on in the program. But man, oh man, did not see that coming from both of them at the same time. Yes. Yeah, caution comes out for the 11 hitting the wall. 
and the Smoke. 19 smoking down the back stretch under caution. Like I, <sighs> tough, Dude, tough, I, tough situation for those two, but uh, yeah. two guys that I think are formidable at uh, at Martinsville. Yeah. yeah. The problem is there's two of them. Yes. <laughs> and, so, and a few other guys that get around, they're pretty good. Uh, Xfinity Series, uh, Sam Mayer, Marty Lindley. I, this is a combination I love. The veteran Marty Lindley with the kid Sam Mayer. Yep. They're, uh, they've won uh, four races, but three road courses. This is their first oval win. And boy, what a time to do it. I got to talk to Sam Monday night on, uh, Did you? on, on uh, Late Shift on Sirius. They've won four races in the last 12. Wow, yeah, that's right, because they, they started winning at Road America. Yes. Yeah, Road they've won. Last 12, yeah. Their, their, their win percentage the last 12 races is 33%. So That's a pretty uh, good win A percentage. pretty good deal. I, I, I thought, you know, put themselves in a great position. The one that I'm, I'm really going to talk about, mm -hmm. Riley Herbs. Oh, my gosh. We're, that, that Dominated at Vegas, yeah. and he was rolling. I yep. mean, another five laps, we'd have had a heck of a Remember, race. Remember, they did a crew chief. A swap because they moved um yep. they moved uh, Bos um, richard boswell uh, yep. richard boswell they moved him up to the cup series and so devin restivo the engineer moved over as crew chief midway through the season here on this yep. thing and boy they have they have got that car rolling yeah that 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 uh yeah that good stuff riley is is really good and, and a second a first and a second last two Sweet. weeks Gosh, there's so much good momentum for those so guys. So much good going on in the sport. There yes. really is. Man, yeah, I'll tell you what, can't wait. It's going to be a great, great week, that's for sure. Uh, we've got a great program for you as well. Greg Ives, last week we had Alan Gustafson. Okay, I'm going to give you a little behind the scenes here. Last week we had Alan Gustafson. He's in the pod, the, the module where all of the stuff is happening, getting ready to join us on a Zoom call. And we look, and there's Greg Ives sitting there. Hey, just wanted to pop in and say, hey, guys. And we hadn't seen Greg yeah. all year. We've yeah. seen him at the, run some Xfinity races. And, uh, hey, well, if you guys need anything, let me know. How he goes. Alan sits down. We do the interview, and we're talking. It's like, we need to put Greg on next get week. Greg Ives next week. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk to Greg Ives, and we'll chat with him next here on Crew Call. Napa! Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shins that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. Welcome back. It is Crew Call here on the Motor Racing Network. Todd Gordon, Steve Post, and let's go over to Hendrick Motorsports. Greg Ives from the competition department over there joins us. Hello, Greg. How are you? I'm doing well today. I uh, hope you guys are as well. We are. It is great to catch up with you again and uh, see what in the wide world of sports is going on over there. Are you, you're, 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 are you part-timing? Are you full-timing? Are you <laughs> overtiming? How has the transition been since getting off the cup box a year ago? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I kind of explained it best, uh, you know, before I felt like I had one cup to fill and that was with the 48 team, uh, you know, and, and, and going the racetrack every week. Now it seems like I got four or five of them. So, uh, which is great. It keeps me busy, but also, uh, you know, my number one priority uh, coming off the box was being a dad, you know, and, and I was been, I've been able to do that this year and uh, been able to enjoy softball games and go-kart races and uh, choir um, course uh, recitals and, um, and and maybe just taking it easy a little bit on Saturday afternoon. So um, been really able to enjoy that, but 
Um, you know, heck, been pretty busy with uh, whether it was Garage 56 or Xfinity Racing or, or uh, you know, working with the GM uh, Tech Center folks and, and just trying to, you know, find my way um, after, you know, trying to pursue that crazy goal of being a crew chief. Yeah, and, and, and so many pieces to unpack there. Um, uh, I'll hit the Xfinity program first. I, I want to save the Crotch 56 for later, but uh, you've been involved in the Xfinity program. Uh, I think I heard earlier this week, uh, maybe on a center, serious interview, plan is eight to 10 races for next year. How's your involvement there? And, and how does that, does that kind of keep you a little satisfied and having the seat on the pit box uh, just, just to tickle that fancy a little bit? Yeah, I mean, you know, that nothing's really secure for next year. Obviously, you know, we we wanted to continue this program that, uh, you know, we had Kevin Mendering do it all last year and he filled in at Sonoma while he's gone at Garage 56. So I think we just, you know, always want to, you know, when we're, you're not part of a program, um, you know, especially with the way the cup cars are so different these days, um, you kind of just want to keep, uh, you know, at least somewhat of, of knowledge base in, into the Xfinity program. Just as you're you're growing a driver, bringing a driver back from potential injury like we had to deal with this year. Um, also, heck, you know, these road course races are getting so intense and, and um, you know, it's all about reps and, and, and getting the drivers uh, comfortable at racetrack. So just wanted to stay familiar with that. Um, and, you know, going into the next year, kind of kind of probably have a similar uh, schedule laid out, but nothing finalized, like I said. And, um, and ultimately, you know, who knows how, um, you know, the, the sport of uh, bringing in mechanics and car chiefs and crew chiefs is, is getting more and more difficult that you have to, uh, you know, really internally grow your, your uh, you, you got to grow your, your people into leaders. Uh, and, and what a better way to do that than the Xfinity program. So uh, a lot of different avenues that, that, that drives a lot of interest in the Xfinity racing. But, um, you know, those are a couple of. Yeah. yeah. And there's, there's a couple of things there that when you talk about the, how different the Xfinity program is than the cup program, obviously the next gen car suspension is completely different. Uh, and, and there's a lot of things for the mechanics that would be different. From the driver's standpoint, probably the biggest thing that stands out to me is the sequential shifter versus the H pattern. And, and uh, do you see that as a significant piece? And if they were to bring a sequential shifter into the Xfinity series, even on the boxes they have, do you think that ties these programs together is that the piece that that probably is the biggest challenge for the drivers yeah I, you know i think you know just ride height and attitude is is probably okay probably the biggest uh, you know the h pattern it seems like it's an old bike that they get to ride pretty quickly so um you know with the day and age of uh simulator times and um i racing and those type of commonalities to, to be able to get back into understanding what the the h pattern is i think maybe they look for fifth gear once in a while <laughs> but uh uh you know with the cup car they have five and you know the xfinity four but yeah i mean it, it, those those are uh definitely a huge difference um and uh you know something that you kind of want to kind of want to point out before they get in the car but um it's like bring that sequential shifter into um you know, Xfinity Series, I think it could probably could just add add cost more than it would add a benefit to bring drivers back and forth. Um, you know, just the, the way that in the cup car, it'd just be, you know, a different different option. But, you know, as far as, um, you know, the the feeling between cup and, and, uh, and Xfinity, a lot of drivers just say, hey, it's more about laps and repetition and racecraft. 
than it is about balance or setup or or anything like that. So um, you know that's that's what's hard uh, for my side of things because you want to just benefit uh, the the cup crew chiefs, and ultimately, I don't know if a lot translates there. Greg, you had said something in your answer, um, your previous answer. You, you've given us two or three answers, which has led to six or twelve questions. Okay, and that, that's <laughs> I, and I love it because it's it's good insight. You had said developing new crew members, new crew chiefs. Back in the day, guys like Todd Gordon and Greg Ives and everybody would load up their toolbox, come to North Carolina. Some of you had engineering degrees. Some of you just had busted up knuckles. Where are young people coming from? Is it a challenge? Where are we at with new people coming into sport to work on these cars? Yeah, it's it's definitely a challenge, and I, I think the reason why it's more of a challenge is that the the demand on the crew member has changed. Um, you know, when you know back in the day, you were you stayed busy at the racetrack. You were uh, changing springs and splitting truck arms and uh, changing motors and all those type of things. Now you go for a twenty minute practice and. Uh, all your work is really done in the shop. So the the excitement of being on the road and the excitement of being at the racetrack, um, you know, you probably get that, you, you get that excitement probably more at a local short track nowadays um, than you do in the 20 minute practice on the cup side. So, I mean, you still have to be on your game and, and those sorts of things, but uh, the demand is just a little bit different. So, you know, yeah. Okay. So you're, you may be doing it for the, the glory of it or, uh, maybe somewhat of the pay of it, but um, you know, some people don't look at racing for the money. They look at it because it's a passion, something that fills their cup, um, something that allows them to uh, fill that adrenaline need. And um, you know, so maybe that's a little different. And then you know, to be honest with you, uh, guys aren't coming through the short track program saying, "Hey, I really want to be a, a, a on, on a race team." You know, they're they're choosing maybe different careers, different paths. They're growing up in different aspects of, of careers and uh, it's just getting more and more difficult. And, uh, you know, from an engineering standpoint, uh, you know, roster limits also, you know, you, you don't have as many people going to the track. So it's just, it's just a lot of di- different uh, challenges are, are put in front of you. And, um, you know, in, in the end with the roster limits and then, you know, the head count, it's, it's paring it down. Uh, a little bit further than that so it's just it's just hard to find that racer uh that guy that with the mentality of um i don't care you know a a racer necessarily never cared about uh four ten hour days (laughs) you know five eight hour days you know they they just care about going to the racetrack doing whatever it took to win um and finding finding that uh finding that characteristic in, in a, a now employee is a, a little bit different and uh, probably a little harder to find. Yeah, definitely. I, I hadn't thought about, you know, the, the reward that we all chased as we came down here was, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, yeah. all of that, the thrash, you, you look to your point, it's a passion, right? You look forward to the thrash of practice and, and be able to compete as a crew member. So uh, that's, that's interesting that, that that's at that point. Um, you, got, you didn't want to get bored. You didn't want to get bored, right? No. Like you didn't want to get bored at the track and be there for an hour and a half on a Saturday and 
Yeah, I, I remember I remember the stopwatch with gear changes back. You talked about motor changes. They used to happen three <laughs> times a weekend, but it was like a gear change had to be under 10 minutes. The car was coming down. You're stuck under it if you didn't get it done. Yeah, um, yeah. But, exactly. But uh, the fun the fun that we had back when we entered in. Um, you've got you've got one you've got Kyle Larson guaranteed in with his uh, with his win at Vegas. You've got William Byron in a really good position at at, uh, at Hendrick Motorsports plus 20 to Blaney plus 30 to, to Tyler Reddick. Um, I feel like, you know, where that's at, the nine car needs to win to keep the owner's championship going through. How involved are you in Phoenix prep at this point, or is it still about Martinsville? Yeah. I mean, I think at the beginning of the year, like every championship year, you expect to be in the final four. Mm -hmm. Uh, so you plan for Phoenix just along with when you're planning for Daytona 500. Um, And I think that's that, that's the the effort you have to put into uh, winning a championship at the cup level. So, um, you know, throughout the year, yes, rules changes, things changes, direction changes, but you're always focused on, Hey, we're going to, we're, how do we win the final race in Phoenix with what we're learning, what we're doing and how do we, um, how, how do we develop as, as we're continuously grow, going? So uh, I think it's ongoing process. Obviously, you know, once you get locked in, you like, try to hyper focus um unfortunately you also have three other guys that you can't just uh, uh neglect and and think that they're not going to make it in and, and just focus on phoenix so it's a it's a collective effort by uh you know everybody at hendrick Moore sports and and gm and all our key partners um you know that that's probably what the coolest thing is about um as we develop and as we grow relationship with key partners, uh, with Trackhouse, with RCR, uh, GM, and, and the Tech Center, and Hendrick Motorsports, is um, you know we we didn't have that relationship as tightly knit as before, and now it's it's about how many Chevrolets can we get into the final four, you know, and you know we're fortunate at, at Hendrick Motorsports to have you know the chance to. Right now, for and, and three and owners, but um, we also have guys at Trackhouse, GM, and RCR. Like, hey, genuinely wanting us, wanting us to to be there. Also, genuinely wanting to help. Hey, how can we help you? Is there something we can learn for you uh, in practicing? We have uh, more practice time. So that's you know, and, and and we've seen that throughout the year. It's not just words. So um, yes, drivers get in conflicts on the racetrack and you know feelings get hurt but that gets that that happens within hendrick motorsports not just you know uh, a key partner right so um you know ultimately i, I think it's the, the banner of, of the owner's umbrella that you're under um that's saying hey you know this is going to work this is general motors this is this is team and we're under that umbrella team so um yeah so that's the long-winded way of hey yeah we're working on phoenix yeah yeah no, that's that's great stuff. That's yeah, great stuff. I, I, exactly. It's it's fascinating to me to, to think about that. Greg, I want to go uh, to the uh, one of the other projects you've had your hands on is the Garage 56. Um, I do PA at Charlotte Motor Speedway, and the Garage 56, the car was out on the racetrack, and I, I had gotten bullet points from your people over there, and Sunday morning, they walk in and say, Mr. Hendrick wants to see you in his hauler. I'm like, why in the world is Steve Post getting called to Mr. Hendrick's hauler? Uh, went yeah. down and talked to Mr. H. 
And he shared with me the experience of Lamar, and it totally flipped everything I was going to say about the race car being on the racetrack as the PA announcer. What was the experience at Lamar like? What was the project like, Greg? What was it like to be part of that? Yeah, I mean, it's it really hard to actually put in the words the the um, the feeling of accomplishment that the whole project and and the collaboration of people was able to put together. And, you know, before we went over there, there was doubt there was, you know, Hey, they're not going to accept you. Hey, you're not going to go fast enough. Hey, what are we even doing this for? And, you know, all that stuff, you had to look in the mirror every day and say, Hey, are you still up to this challenge and to, to make it the best that it possibly can? And you're not just representing, uh, Hendrick Motorsports, Chevrolet, you're representing all of NASCAR, uh, you know, every every MRN media, every Fox, every uh, NBC, USA, everybody that, that's part of, uh, of NASCAR um, umbrella, we, we were trying to represent over there. And um, when we got there, yes, there was nerves, there was uh, first uh, acceptance, right? How are we going to be accepted in the garage? We got the first garage stall, right? So uh, everybody's coming over, checking out the car. Hey, can we look at the car? Yeah, come on in, check it out. And just the influx of people and and, and comments and questions. And uh, anytime, we, the first time we went to start the car, it was like, it was like we had fan fest, you know? And it was just all the other teams going out there, just wanting to see the car and, and understand what it could do. And then um, you know, the first laps on track were like, uh, how fast is this thing going to be? And how, how close is it to, you know, simulation and, um, you know, just working with the, the, the people, the officials, you know, we thought maybe they wanted us to be too slow or slow us down. And, um, in one of the, the drivers meeting, they're like, Hey, we're going to wave a white flag when the E56 car is in the Porsche curves, because. They may be too slow. They were like, oh my, oh my goodness, what kind of perception do we have here? And we went out there and you guys saw the race, you guys saw the performance, you saw the lap time and people were blown away. They're excited. There was, I, I think the only negative comment I heard about it was it kept people up at, at four o'clock in the morning when they're trying to get a little bit of nap before the, 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 Le Mans, uh, the, the end of the Le Mans race. But uh, it was it was great. The people were great. The race officials, the other race teams are all they were, came over and even helping our pit crew, um, you know, maybe perform a little bit of different pit stops with the whip hoses from a, from the hangar and uh, those type of things. So it was it was an awesome experience. Um, you know, every day I'm, I leave it and talk about it, it is even better. That is so fascinating. Greg, you have been so involved with NASCAR for so many years. And sometimes the phrase is, we can't see the forest through the trees. Getting the chance to do this Garage 56 program and yet keeping your hand in the NASCAR world as well. Has it changed your perspective? Has it, How has it impacted your perspective? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just one of those... The, the, the Garage 56 really changed my perspective from... You know, when you go to the racetrack and you deal with the officials, deal with, um, you know, uh, Brandon Thomas and, and Mr. France and all those folks, when you're on the, the NASCAR competition side, you're kind of a little bit reserved, right? You're not, you, you know, you, you're doing your details and trying to go out there and be fast. But with the Garage 56 program, we have to collaborate with them and, and, and work, you know, 
heck, we had had more, probably hour long meetings uh, daily on how this uh, this program was going to be a success. So that collaboration, I think, made, really made us understand that. Uh, as a whole, not just the G56 program to be a success, we needed everybody. Uh, I think that's the same way we, I, I now think about NASCAR, um, you know, as, as to be a success with fans, to be a success on TV, um, and, and to allow me to continue my career in what I'm doing now is uh, we have to collaboratively uh, work together to, to bring the best product for the fans. And, uh, how do we do that? And, and that's working together. And I know uh, some of that is, is um, you know, the Phoenix test coming up right after the year. Uh, I think that's, you know, we've had meetings with uh, uh, NASCAR and Eric Jacuzzi on, on a plan and, and trying to make the race product better. Um, and not that it's not good now, but there's always working to make it better. And people, some people agree, some people don't on how we should go about it. But ultimately, um, I think it's opened up a, a avenue for us all to collaborate. And I think I saw a lot of that with the Garage 56 program. That is really neat. That huge global picture coming down to what we're doing. And on Sunday afternoon, let the Fords and the Chevys and the Toyotas and the even mm-hmm. the teammates fight it out. But get the, 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 the global perspective is fascinating. Greg, I think I could talk to you all day, but the clock on the wall says we need to wrap this up. We sincerely appreciate your time. We wish you guys all the best at Martinsville and on at Phoenix. But thanks for joining us. Good to catch up with you again. Yeah, I appreciate it. And uh, if you guys like go-kart racing, uh, Cart Chaser is coming up after the the, the season. Uh, they're going to be in Supernats in Vegas. Um, so check that out. It's the week right after uh, the Phoenix Championship week. Awesome. Cool. That is good. Yeah. Your kids, your, what are your boys running in that? Um, my boy will be running uh, Micro Swift out. And uh, it's, it's going to, they're, they're holding it out on the, not the front stretch, but outside the grandstands on the front stretch uh, in, in Vegas. So it's, uh, it's a, parking lot type uh, racetrack scenario and uh, 60 countries represented at this big race and uh, car chaser and uh, a lot of live uh, broadcasts will be out there. So it's, it's a fun deal, but uh, man, it's a lot of work. And I I think I get more nervous now uh, just uh, going to his, his races than I did when I was sitting on the box. I can imagine. I can imagine the car chaser. We'll look for that out of Las Vegas. Thanks again, Greg. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. There we go. Greg Ives from over at Hendrick Motorsports. Stay with us more in just a moment. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome back. It is Crew Call here on the Motor Racing Network. Todd Gordon and Steve Post and boy, Greg Ives covered a lot of territory with him uh, and could have gone a whole lot more too. Really fascinating stuff. Cup, Xfinity, development, kids racing. Garage 56. We got it all. I think Chad lied to us last year. Yeah. We had Chad on crew call last year and he, I I asked about about, uh, Greg coming off the road 
He said, I got more on his, he thinks he's going to get some away time. I, I got more on his plate than he's got right no. now. You got to. It seems like he maybe didn't put all out of the plate. Exactly. That's it. Here, here's the other problem with that dynamic. Chad also has kids now too, so ah. I think that, uh, I think you know as well as I do that changes everything. Yes. Uh, priority number one becomes priority number two. So uh, I, I love it. Uh, I just Greg is one of those guys that I've always enjoyed chatting with over the course of his career. Uh, just really refreshing to hear the energy that he has with with all the projects over there, at Hendrick Motorsports. Yeah, yeah really, and, and and getting a global perspective on several things, whether yeah. it be the Xfinity series, whether it be where the kind of conglomeration of key partners is the yeah. relationships there. Um, and, and then the garage 56, the, the, that, that's, that's the piece I wanted to end with there. I'm glad you got to it there. Cause uh, that's, that's just special. Yeah. When I, I, I shared that I got called to Mr. Hendrick's office, the whole thing he wanted me to share was pride, American pride, NASCAR pride. Yep. We did it. I had every nut and bolt and stat and horsepower and weight and everything like that. He said, that's fine. I want everyone to know that when you're in France at Le Mans and they're chanting USA, 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 and when crew members from other teams want to swap crew uniforms with your guys, and when they affectionately call the car the beast because it had so much noise, he <laughs> said, that's the message of Garage 56. Yeah. And it was cool. Really good stuff. Yeah, what a great way to transition off the road for, yeah. for Greg. Oh, gosh. I yeah. mean, just that's that's a bucket list trip. Yeah. At some point, yeah, I'd love to go just see it. So, just to see it, yeah. for sure. Uh, we're going to see a lot at Martinsville this week. We are going to lock in the final two drivers for the Cup Series. We're going to lock in the Xfinity Series. We've got three openings there. Um, when we look at Martinsville this weekend, uh, what stands out to you is what we're going to see up there at the paperclip. The fact that it's going to be upper yes. 70s or low 80s. I love it. You and I talked about well, As soon as I walked in the door, we, we started talking about this. This is going to be good. Yeah, this time of year, Martinsville can be a, a hit or miss on this. We could, we could be, I mean, I've been up here. It's Martinsville in the snow. Uh, it can be 40 degrees. It can be 80 degrees. And uh, the racetrack, when we get the racetrack over 80 degree track temperature, so when we get above 60 degrees ambient temperature with sunlight out there, it takes rubber. Uh, and that, I think, makes the racing better because you start to see everybody can wrap the bottom when the racetrack doesn't have rubber on it. It's just gray concrete. But as it takes rubber and that black streak comes in the racetrack, that's when you start to see the guys they either have to straddle the rubber, they got to move up above the rubber, or they've got to be really disciplined down around the curb, wrapping the bottom. It opens up a lot of racing grooves, and and it cautions will pick that back up and start it back up. But with the eighty degrees and sunny, it's going to be a great event because we're going to see 30, 40 laps into a tire run that these guys are going to start searching for where they where they can make time. Man, it is so cool. It really is. When we look at the playoffs, uh, Bell and Larson have moved on, as we talked about in the first stage. William Byron's in pretty good shape. Thirty points is pretty good. Yeah, 20 to Blaney, 30 to the cutoff. Right, that, and, well, and that's I true, think, to Blaney, you got to so, think so, about to Blaney. I mean, you yes. got to look at it, because I really feel like yes. our winner here, I, and I, I'll, I'll eat my words here, but I, our winner comes from one of the six, and I really think it comes from one of four. Okay. I think, I think you've got a shot at, I think William Byron's got a shot at winning right. this. I think Blaney's, Blaney does. I, I, you know, I've got history with Blaney, but I, we, We've cost him two grandfather clocks here. <laughs> just, just, just being straight and forward with it. We've cost him two grandfather clocks here. The, when you talk about the discipline of wrapping, the cur wrapping around the curb there and under the rubber, 
Blaney's ex, he's ex, he's explo, he's exquisite at that. He yeah. just he gets it, and you can't like no. Martin Truex Jr., Denny Hamlin, yeah. eight wins between the two of them. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I just think one of those four wins. Now, can Tyler Reddick win? Yes. Can Chris Busher win? Yes. I, yeah. but I don't think. If you ask me, I'm going to say one of those four is going to win the race. One of those four, I think. And, so and too. if 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 let's say Martin Truex Jr. wins the race, then that Blaney becomes the key. Point. Then then the Blaney to 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 Byron, Byron yeah. twenty yeah. point separation becomes a question. And that's this is a race amongst these guys. You have to win Saturday. Yes. You've got to have good starting position. You've right. got to have a good pit stall selection, and and because stage points make the difference. Yeah. You 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 can have a great finish day. Tyler Reddick finished in the top 10. Yep. What did he finish third, I thought? He finished third. And Blaney leapfrogged him because of stage points. Right. Because of the stage. Yeah, exactly. I just, like you. Yeah. Ryan Blaney gained 27 points on, at Homestead. Yes. On the, on on the, the cut cutoff. Line. On the cut line. 27 points on the cut line. Now, now, part of that was, is it's Denny Hamlin and Martin Truex had issues. No doubt. But. But, but Blaney, Blaney had a, I think it was a 53-point day. Yeah. And that's, that's because he scored 18 stage points. Yeah, 18 stage and points. And that's, that's, that's if, if Blaney goes out and fin- runs in the top three in the two stages, Byron doesn't score stage points, this becomes yep. a really tight pick yeah, battle. Absolutely. It's just, this thing you've is got, all about Saturday and then Sunday. You've got to race, you've got to win everywhere. I've said that right along, and, and that's where our sport's gotten to, is you have <laughs> to win everywhere. Awesome. It's a, you've got to win qualifying, you've got to win practice, you've got to win qualifying. You've got to win everywhere, yeah. and it's a this group. I mean, we've seen oh, exceptional performances, performances out of everybody in this guys, playoff group. This this round of eight performance, oh. there are going to be guys that had exceptional rounds of eight that are not going to wrestle for the championship at Phoenix. Right. I mean, it's unreal. The worst finishing car at Vegas was eleventh of our eight yes. playoff right round of eight guys. Yeah, and we had a couple of failures here, which, but that shook it up. But they're guys that I think can go here and win. Oh, absolutely! Denny Hamlin, Martin Truex Jr. could go there and win in an instant. It's going to be gonna it's be awesome. it's going to be awesome. awesome. And, and and on top of that, let's back up to Saturday. Well, yeah, Saturday's going to be a great show. We've the got extent. one guy guaranteed through. Yeah, Sam Mayer is guaranteed through. John Hunter Nemechek is forty four to the good, which I really feel like he's in a good position because he's forty four. Yeah, he he's the only one in a good position. Yes, because. Cole Custer, Austin Hill, Justin Allgaier are within three points of each other. Yes. And two of the three, as it sits now, Sammy Smith, 49 points back, but he finished second there in the spring. Ah. Yeah. Hang on. (laughs) And the weekend gets kicked off on Thursday night. And we're not even talking about the highlight of the weekend, Todd. We're talking about the after show. Um, It gets kicked off Thursday night with the NASCAR Wheel and Modifieds. And this is uh, this is my favorite week of the year, far from a NASCAR racing perspective. I love Martinsville in the fall. I love the fact that in 1949, the champion had to go conquer Martinsville, and in 2023, whoever wins the championship, I, I, unless it's Larson or Bell right now, probably has to conquer Martinsville. Yeah. I just think that the road leading through Martinsville, Virginia, is so good, and racing is going to be good. And Thursday night, it all kicks off with the NASCAR Wheel and Modifieds. The Virginia is for Racing Lovers 200, Motor Racing Network, airtime at 8 o'clock. Saturday, 12.30 in the afternoon. Again, this practice, early afternoon, so we're going to have some of that heat into this practice. 12.30, NASCAR Cup Series practice and qualifying. 
3 o'clock Eastern Time on Saturday, NASCAR Xfinity Series, the Dead on Tools 250. Sunday, 1 o'clock Eastern Time, NASCAR Cup Series, Xfinity 500. It is going to be outstanding. Yeah, what an iconic weekend of racing, and the weather looks phenomenal. It's just, uh, if if you've got an opportunity and there's tickets Man. available, yeah. you need to be there. Yeah, For, for yeah. any of them. The yeah. Modified's right through. The, the, the yeah. show's spectacular, and if not, tune in. You could call the ticket office at Martinsville and say, I want to purchase a bad seat, and there they isn't have one. to hang up on you. There's not there's one there's in the not house. One there. There's no. not one there, that's for sure. So, so that is going to be great. It's going to be a great, great weekend. We had a blast talking with Greg. I'm so glad we dialed him up and had a chance to catch up with him. We appreciate it. For Todd Gordon, I'm Steve Post. Thanks for joining us this time on Crew Call here on the Motor Racing Network.